of one of the top 10 most influential men on the planet. Hey, it's Jason Capital. Jason Capital, he is the preeminent expert. Jason Capital has been recognized as a top 100 entrepreneur by the White House. There's very few people in the world like Jason Capital. He gets right to the core. Surrounds you with an energy unlike anything you've ever experienced. There's a ton of value, but it's presented in a really consumable way. In my definition, the way I describe freedom is getting what you want, when you want, with who you want. This is pretty much just an awakening to the world. Jason Capital. How do I make money? What does your day look like? What were some of the biggest challenges you faced? Ask JC. Hi, my name's Sam Robson. I'm a copywriter and conversion specialist for seven, eight, and nine-figure health and fitness businesses. And today, I'm asking Jason Capital a question. Dude, it's awesome to be here. Um, you know, like we said, was it a couple of weeks ago back in Austin that it's really cool how like on the one year or two year anniversary yeah. of me having my first mastermind meeting with you in your mastermind, we were able to go to an event together, which was just really awesome and kind of just shows. Like when I first met you, you were a personal trainer. Yeah. And now you're like this in-demand copywriter in the health space. You're writing copy for some of the biggest companies in the entire space. You got other ones competing over you in less than two years. That's unbelievable. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that, but Dude, yeah, that, no, it's, it's fucking unbelievable, man. I mean, yeah, it, it, it kind of is when I when I think about it. I get really stuck down in the bogged down in the day to day. I don't think about like what's actually happened. Sure, which is it's better, and you should continue to do that. But don't don't look up. Just keep, oh, keep, yeah, keep digging. Keep going. when you think back on, it, I was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. But you're you're a, a huge a huge part of that. Um, so thank you for that. But that that kind of kind of leads into my first question for you. So, what do you think? copywriters need to succeed in their first 12 months like if, whether you're it doesn't matter maybe it's a different answer if you're you know a business owner and then you're transitioning into focusing on copy or you just want to start with copy like yeah. what do you what does a copywriter need to succeed in their first 12 months totally so a couple things come to mind by the way if we're going to talk about copy i'm getting very excited all right so i, oh, yeah. I don't i never know what you're going to ask uh, but if it's copy that that makes me very happy well, we'll have some fun yeah sounds good uh, yeah i love to talk about copy so I think the, the most important thing is you need a way to write with money on the line. And the problem is a lot of young copywriters, when they first start, you'll sit there in front of the computer, you'll write email copy, or you'll write Facebook ad copy, or sales letter copy, whatever it might be, and you're just practicing to start. You don't know if it's good, you don't know if it sucks. Other people can look at it, mentor can look at it, they can tell you it's good, but they don't fucking know, no one fucking knows. The only person that knows is customer and they vote with their credit card. So you need to find a way to write with money on the line so your copy will truly be put to the test. Like the, the fastest way for anyone to get better, even intermediate to advanced, advanced to master and so on, is there's, there's a few things, but one of them is constant, frequent feedback based on what you're doing. And the feedback in this notion is marketplace. Like, did they buy, did they not buy? Did they click, did they not click? Did they take out their credit card, did they not? That's all that matters. The numbers never lie. The numbers fucking never lie. But we, but like, so many copywriters are just writing shit and they don't know if it's good or not. Or they get other people to tell them, they don't know if it's good. One of the biggest issues, and this is like, like one of the best advantages I had when I was like really starting to, to master my copy game was I would write emails every day, email copy. I'd hit send and within two or three hours, I can look at ClickBank numbers and I know how much money the email made. I get inst almost two to three hours. I get almost instant feedback on how well the copy did that day. So every day I am learning so much faster than the copywriter out there who writes, you know, a few emails for a client, send them to the client, and now they got to wait three or four weeks to find out how the emails did. Like, 
That copywriter, the amount of feedback they get in one month, I get in a day. So every day I'm going so much faster than them, so I'm learning so much faster. So you have to find a way to do that. The second thing I would say uh, to start is to pick one niche to start. And not even niche, avatar. Pick an avatar that you're gonna write to, that you're gonna become the best in the world at writing to that person. It's really, really hard to go from niche to niche to niche and remember what are the pain points of this person. Oh yeah, I mean that's exactly that's exactly what I did and that's why it's, rough, it's, it's one of the reasons why I feel I was able to grow as quickly as I did with my copy business, with my marketing business, was because one, I had a background in the niche I was writing in, but I was also writing to the same avatar more or less. And then when I found with one of my clients where I started getting some what I at least at the time was you know, a decent amount of success. I was basically writing to like myself like six to ten years ago. Yes. So you you knew the avatar intimately. Yeah. Because you were writing to yourself. And that is a huge advantage in copy if the person you're writing to used to be you. Yeah. Like that that helps a lot. Like for instance, right now, right, when I create copy, we have our, our ten dollar a month weekly skills program and I'm producing all the copy for our ads and, and all the different stuff related to it. The guy or girl that we are marketing to, I don't know what it's like, right? A, a lot, big part of the pitch is, is re, you know, replace rat race life with laptop life, uh, leave the nine to fire your boss, leave the nine to five behind, learn high income skills so you can become your own boss, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've had one job in my entire life. I was 16, I worked for two weeks at a health food store. I would literally, people would finish their workout and they'd come to like the smoothie spot in the gym. That was me giving them the smoothies. I quit because I saw people finish workout, go to me and order a Coke. And I was like, what is wrong with you? You just did an hour of lifting and you want a Coke? And I left, (laughs) I literally left. I just just couldn't handle the, the hypocrisy of this nonsense, right? That's the only job I ever had. I can't relate to what it's like to have a boss or to be stuck in traffic every day or to uh, hear from your wife, I never see you. I, I can't relate to any of that stuff. I am like an alien studying humans, like how, how do they interact? What are their problems? Like I have to, I, and I'm doing all the research. And at this point, because I, like, I care about them so much and I care about speaking to them so much in the way that they wanna be spoken to, to convert them and, and I can help them, like, I probably know more about them than they do themselves at this point. And that's a good marketer, good copywriter has to do that. My point here I'm making is if I was doing that for this niche and then two other niches like old women and teenagers or something, it would be hard as fuck. It's already hard enough to master one avatar. To go and have to do a bunch is really, really tough. That's why you don't see like almost all the top copywriters today, they're not banging out controls in every industry. No. It's, there's, there's like Stefan, right? Stefan's yeah. amazing. He writes for health and supplements. He's written for other industries, he's done a great job, but you know if you, like if you want a supplement offer that converts, you probably go to him, right? Uh, if you wanna sell to conservatives, Justin Goff's probably gonna help you out pretty much, right? If you, uh, you know, it, it goes down the line. Like for instance, if you wanna sell dating, Matt O'Connor is pretty fucking spectacular, right? So it's like niche specific. Even John Carlton, who's this incredible copywriter, he only had a couple niches that he dominated. Self-defense and golf were like two of his biggest ones. He could tell you about biz op, he could tell you about health, he could, but they're not the masters. And really dialing in one is gonna, like, dude, it's just too hard to take the hat out. Okay, I'm running to old women, now I'm running to teenage, like that, like stay away from that. Pick one avatar, dominate that. Yeah, and you, you also need to find something that you enjoy writing for, because the reality is, 
mean, you know this, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, that passion or that lack of passion is going to come across very, very clearly in mm -hmm. your copy, right? And you, you've probably noticed this in a lot of copywriters you meet who have been in the game for 10 or 20 years and have plateaued at an income level. And you can tell when they write copy, they just go through motions now. They're not excited about what they're doing. They're not growing. I see this with so many copywriters. They're making one or 200 grand a year and they're just like satisfied with that. And then their copy is very uh, mechanical. It's very... You can tell they're just, it's cookie cutter. Yeah. There's not a lot of heart put into it. So, so outside of jumping from niche to niche and, and not getting enough data right away, are there any other mistakes that you see copywriters make, especially when they're starting out? Yeah, hype. Hype, right? They hype everything. Yeah. Like, I, my copy has almost no promises. There, there's there's going to be one core promise that runs through the offer like a golden thread. But otherwise, I'm not making a bunch of claims. I'm not making a bunch of promises because we live in a world of empty promises today. People don't believe the promises they read in copy. And yet, a new copywriter starts off and they're like the fast, you know, the, the one trick to make 300% more money on your stock returns this year or how to lose 42 pounds in five weeks using one secret herb that was recently discovered in the Himalayas of Peru, right? <laughs> like they, they, and they, and they go so sensational and no one fucking believes them. One of the best lessons I ever got when I was younger, I was mentoring with John Carlton. I was on a call with John and he said, you know, when we used to sell BizOp, Jason, I noticed that when we would make a promise that was like, make 10 grand, it would do okay. When we took the promise down and we just said, make a grand, did much better. And you would think, well, that's stupid. Don't you think a bigger promise is better? And no, because it's, 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 mo it's more believable. It, you, you have can to grasp stay, it easier. You have, you have to imagine belief is like, uh, like a, there's like two tracks and you have to stay inside of it. And you can't, you can't go outside the realm of believability. And I think in copy, believability is probably the most important thing is generating belief in the prospect that it'll work for them when other stuff hasn't, that they can actually use what they are doing, that they can, they can achieve the result. Right, and, and this is the result that will be right for them even when all others have failed. Like generating that level of belief. So uh, avoid, like I always say, don't, don't lead with promises. Do your fucking research, find the best, most compelling proof that you can find and let your proof dictate your promises. And that, that guarantees that your promises will be believable. Yeah, so that's, that's a lesson that I've learned lately as I've been working with bigger and bigger brands, bigger companies, doing higher profile projects is the research is key for mm -hmm. a lot of reasons, but especially in health, you know, it's to a degree almost like I'm back in school. Like you got to find the studies and you got to cite your sources and it's yes. like, oh, well, but this citation, you know, meets this criteria, but not this. Like you need to have these kinds of citations and you need to have these sorts of sources, you know, to substantiate this kind of proof and this kind of proof. And you can't say this unless you have, where's your citation? And it's like, oh man, okay. But it makes sense and it converts a lot better because especially you know, as more time goes on, depending on the market, especially in health and wellness, people become more intelligent. Mm -hmm. They become, the market becomes more sophisticated, mm -hmm. become more aware, and they're gonna say, oh, well, I've heard this before, or I have no reason to believe that. But then you're like, oh, well, uh, if this study from Johns Hopkins University says XYZ is possible, they're gonna be like, hmm, maybe XYZ is really possible. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say, I would say that that's a huge, the research, yeah. Oh, it, it's you, a huge component of everything. If you think about, like, and we're not inventing anything new here. If you go back and read Confessions of an Advertising Man by David Ogilvie, he literally says, 
I research more than everyone else. That's the only reason my results have been so good. He spent, I don't, if you go back and read that book, I don't remember the exact number, but he would spend like weeks just re, like he researched the Rolls Royce for like weeks on end. And it, I think it was inside the, in, the instruction manual or somewhere, it was some article that he found in research at like the last, the, you know, 11th hour that was like at 60 miles an hour, the, the loudest noise is the electric clock. Right, and that became the headline for this ad, which was oh, it was a killer. Way. It was a, it was a, it was a killer letter, and it sure. all but it all came from research. Oh this yeah, is, and that's the best part about research is usually research writes the copy for you. That's so that's another huge thing that I've learned in the last few months is when you do more, and it keeps getting drilled into me more and more and more time and time again. The more research you do on the front end, the easy, the copy basically writes itself. Yes, and I go through this with. Myself, I go through this with coaching clients. Like, I had a guy last week where he wasn't really sure necessarily where to go with the offer, and it was for like a supplement. I was like, Well, we have to come back to we have to build out the big idea. I was like, But isn't this the primary promise? Yeah, okay. Uh, and then what is this research? What does this do? What does this do? What does this do? And we ended up coming up with something that I think is pretty killer. I actually told them I'm jealous that I don't get to write the sales letter because I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's all because. You understand who you're selling to, what you're promising them, what your solution is, and how it all works, but on a very, very deep level. A lot mm -hmm. of people do it superficially. Yes. Yeah. And, and really, if you're, like, if you're sitting there and you're looking at the page and you're like, what should I write next? Or what should, what should my oh, promise be? God. You're, you're doing, it's not that, you're just doing it wrong. You should have research there and like even just Amazon reviews and reading 500 of them, they tell you all the benefits that you need to inject into your offer. Oh, they're all right there. Yeah, I was, I was working on something. Uh, I, was doing, I was doing research for a greens product and it was a product that does really, really well with like the 25 to 35 demo, the 25 to 35 market, but they were looking to do stuff with, with older people. So like 55, 60 plus. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing research on Amazon reviews and I never in a million years would have come up with those pain points, those problems on my own. Cause I'm 28. I just, I just never would have thought of them. Yep. And it was like, Oh wow, this stuff is really awesome. Here, here are the different headline options. Uh, here are different things for the big idea, the mechanism, their biggest issue, their biggest pain point was having to swallow a bunch of big pills. Mm. I never, like to me, I'm a health <laughs> and fitness nerd. I take a bunch of supplements every day. Yeah. Like people laugh at me with all the supplements. all at the same time too, right? Oh, for the most, yeah. I yeah. have like different times a day. I take like, I take like two first thing in the morning and then I take these two or three with breakfast and then I take three again at lunch and I take like four or five at night, different times at night. So to me, it's not a big deal. Right. But to them, they're like, oh, I don't want to take all these horse pills. And I'm like, oh, geez, that's. That's it. And it was basically the idea was how you could get, you know, the, the power of all of these vitamins in like a really easy, like a, easy to make in a pony, drink, in, in a, a powder. In a pony pill. Oh, it's yeah. a powder. Yeah. I was going to say, I like pony pill. Well, it was just, it was just a greens powder. <laughs> okay. It was like, it was like green juice basically. Never, and yeah, no, say goodbye to horse pills forever. Oh yeah. It's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. But you would have never thought of that without the research. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So speaking of things that I haven't haven't thought of so we'd met we that's a great transition yeah, yeah. right By the way, you know you can you, so dude fuck transitions just go so non sequitur <laughs> non sequitur life right so um i think i talked to you about this but so tyler ryan and i we have a, a coaching program for copywriters 
uh, and digital marketers who are in their first like year to two years of operating. And you know, we're getting good results with the clients that we do have, but as someone who does a lot of coaching, both on the, on the receiving end and also providing the coaching, what are the keys in your mind to building a successful coaching program? Mm. First of all, you have to decide you actually want to have a coaching program. Yes. And to me, coaching business is very much a greener pastures kind of thing. So Dan Kennedy would used to tell this story about a farmer. Wakes up, looks at his farm, it's green, it's, it's beautiful, he's excited. Drinking his coffee, he's like, I really like my farm. And then he looks to the left at his neighbor's farm. And it's a little bit better and a little bit greener. He goes, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> Other farmer wakes up, same thing, admires his farm, looks to his neighbor. His is actually greener than mine. I don't like that guy. Fuck that guy. That day, they both go down to the local store and they see each other, bump into each other. They have this conversation. They're jealous of each other's farms. And they go, why don't we just trade? And so they do. And the next morning, farmer wakes up with his new farm, looks at it, he goes, fuck yeah, it's the best farm ever. And then he looks to his right. How the hell did that farm get greener overnight? What the hell is going on? <laughs> and they both have the same idea. And the idea is that we automatically, like, it's just the grass is greener, right? It's that, it's that bias. And a lot of people not in a coaching business will look at a coaching business and go, wow, that grass looks really, really green. I want to be a part of that. It's not green. It's brown. It's very, very, very brown. Coaching business is very, very tough. Uh, it, you get your heart ripped out constantly. Uh, and I'll go through some of the, the I'm, I'm gonna unsell you on a coaching business. Okay. Not for you personally, for anyone listening, and then I'll tell you why you would wanna do it if, if you're still actually listening, right? Uh, you're gonna get your heart ripped out all the time. Let's say your, your coaching program is 12 grand a year. Let's say it's a thousand bucks a month. You're gonna provide that client with your love and your heart, your energy, like you're gonna go to war for them for a thousand dollars a month, right? But to them, you're just a guy they're paying money. Yeah, they like you. Yeah, they want to hang out with you. But you're just, if anything ever comes up in their life and they need money, you're the first guy to go. And they will fire you. And they will quit. And you'll be like, I helped this person so much, they just fucking cancel. You'll get your heart ripped out constantly. So that's thing number one. Thing number two is coaching programs are typically recurring billing, right? Monthly payments and stuff like that. Your churn on a high price thing is insanely high, meaning people's credit cards don't, they don't work. They don't ding in month two or month three or month four. And you're gonna have the whole team, if, if you get big enough in volume, you're gonna have a whole team chasing down these people to get their credit cards or new you know, payment information to get updated. It's the whole thing, right? In, in the average like SaaS business where you're looking at maybe 10 bucks or 20 bucks or 30 bucks a month or something like that, their churn like that's the, the biggest deciding factor. Their churn a lot of times is gonna be like 10% or 20% month on month. Ideally it shouldn't be, it should be lower, but that's a lot of churn going on. And a lot of that churn is involuntary churn, which means that cards don't work, not because they wanted to cancel, just because it does, the bank didn't wanna give them money. Like there's all kinds of stuff. Those are on low price products. Involuntary churn is gonna be much higher on a coaching program. So there's that. The other part of it is when you sell coaching, not only do you have to sell the person on the program, you have to sell them on themselves. They have to believe that they can actually succeed with this coaching program. If I were to sell you eye cream, you would never look at the eye cream and go, I don't know if I can do this. You would just buy the eye cream and you put it on. You know you can do that. There's, no, like, there's only one sale that has to be made. I just have to sell you the eye cream, right? And once I sell, I don't have to fulfill. I'm already done. But if I'm selling you coaching, 
you got to look at the coaching and you got to first want the coaching, believe this coaching program is better than the hundreds of other options that are currently out there. And you have to buy into the fact that not only is this the right program, but you can actually do it. Meaning you will actually implement because you know it's not easy. You will actually take action because you know it's not simple, right? You're going to have to do a bunch of shit, right? That's a whole nother sale. So when you sell coaching, I have to make two sales. I sell eye cream, one sale, sell coaching, two sales. And then I gotta keep reselling you on the fact that you can keep doing it. You can keep taking action in month three and month four when shit's really, really tough and it's that pain period right before all the good stuff happens. And that's a whole nother thing. So coaching, I think it's a terrible business. I really, really do. I think it's an awful business. The only reason you would get into coaching is, is because you really, really love being a catalyst for people's transformations. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where way. I'm at. That's where you're at. Because we've been, we've been, we had been talking about this for a year, and it took well, it took about ten months for it to like finally get off the ground and the scheduling and the timing to be right. And like we're loving it. Like we genuinely enjoy helping. How people. How many clients do you have? Well, we have. Right now, we only have two. All right. Well, don't we're say we only right have now. Two. Say we have two. We have, we, we have two. two. Yeah, we got two and great they, ones. Every, every week, they're like, oh, this was better than last week's call. This was better than last week's call. Like, the whole month was worth it in this one call. Yeah. And, like, with one, with one of our clients, uh, I, think we, I think I gave him stuff last week that could probably double or triple the size of his business. It's already a multi-six-figure business. Can I, can I make a recommendation? Yes. I would, you're, at, at low numbers, you're going to do great. When you get into volume, like high, high number of clients, that's when a lot of the issues I was talking about are gonna arise. And so if you can find a way to keep the coaching program very, very small, like I know you wanna make money on it, that's part of it. So would you, would you, would you charge, charge more? You can charge more or you can make it so everyone in the program has to include you and Tyler in a piece of equity in their business. There's some way to structure it in that way. So you're even, you have equity, now you're even more invested in their success than just right. as a coach. But that way you can give them the attention that they need in that very tight Cause we, cause program. we're, yeah, we're doing these two on one calls and like we're, 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 we're loving it. We're, we're, we're helping out our clients a lot. They're, they're loving us. Like it's, it's really, it's really, really awesome. Um, we just, we obviously, we want to, we want to grow it as much as we can without it taking over our other businesses. Yeah. And then that's the other thing. Like if you have 60 or 80 clients or 140 clients or something, you, like that's, you need a full-time staff to fulfill and act as a concierge for all those clients. That, that's, that's a whole other business you have to create. That's the same if it's just like a group program, right? Like if it's like a one to many kind of thing. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Because every other option out there is doing that for them. And if you're not going to do it for them, they're going to go to someone else because they don't give a fuck about you. Interesting. Yeah. They, like, they, they give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you at all though at the same time. And you have to, you have to accept that. There's a guy I know who his program is $80,000 a year and he calls it the family. And he calls it the family because when you join, you pay him 80 grand a year. He, in his mind, he makes a mental shift. You are now a member of his fucking family, like a brother or a sister to him. And if he needs anything, you got him because you guys are family. Interesting. How do you think he feels when people cancel and they leave that group? Feels like he lost a member of his family. He says it's like his heart gets ripped out every fucking time. It's a rough and tumble business, man. The best coaching programs I know out there, the people who sell them, they are really, really, really good at making it seem like it's the best business ever. It's not. It's not, man. I'm like, like me personally right now, 
I'm not doing really any coaching programs like that right now. I don't do any of them. I don't want to do them, right? I want to go deep. There's a few people working with who have come up the ranks and now me and like Sharan Shivatsa, we are, we're taking equity in their companies. We're partners and we're advising them and we're introducing them. We're doing all kinds of things for their business. That is a much more scalable and a much more effective model in my opinion than just the coaching program. Gotcha. So that actually, something that you said brings up another question that I'll probably, if I start talking about something, get really, I could get really heated. Um, yeah, that's okay. good, that's controversial, that's good. What an open loop. Yeah, and in just a second, I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, um, but first. But first, <laughs> uh, I love copywriter jokes, uh, they're great. We should just change the subject now. Well, yeah, we absolutely should. So, speaking of lollipops, um, yeah. I know you've seen this a lot. I've seen this a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll paint the picture with uh, some, some context from our, our past first. So I remember the very first month of 6FF, this was before we had a meeting, we had a task, an assignment that some people thought was lofty and I was like, oh shit, well it, it is kind of a lot but it's what you have to do. We had four weeks to read six books, I think it was hand copy like nine sales letters yes. by hand. And I'm like, all right, let roll up the sleeves, let's get to work. Mm -hmm. And like, I would get up earlier and I would go to bed later. And like, I was a screenwriter for four years. So like TV and movies was a big part of my life. That shit was gone for those four weeks. And I remember out of the like 70, however people were in the room, they're like, okay, how many people read all the books? I was one of three. Mm -hmm. It's like, how many people did everything? There may have been two people, but I'm pretty sure it was just me. All of this is to say, why the hell do people spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to go to events, to, to enroll in coaching programs or other groups and not fucking implement what they're being taught? Like, here's someone who has been where you want to be. They know exactly what the blueprint is. Mm -hmm. They are handing you the keys to the fucking castle and you actively choose not to use them. Mm -hmm. What? Why? I, to me, I just, it's the way, I don't know if it's the way I'm wired. I never understood it, and I don't think I ever will. It's a very, very good question, and you're right to get heated about it. At this exact moment, my answer may change at other times, but at this exact moment, I believe it's because most people join these programs and go to these events and buy this stuff because they want approval and not results. And I think that's really, really scary, but it's how we're conditioned. It's how we're brought up. It's, it's just, it's, it, that's just the way it is. So they joined the group, like that group, 6FF. Most of those guys, to be honest, they joined the group because they want to be friends with Jason. I get that. That's what you're buying, right? That's for a lot of them. That's what it is. They want Jason's approval. They want to hang out with Jason. They want to be around Jason. Um, but they don't want to do the work. What is that? No, I, I, I just want to be one of the, the in kids, the cool kids, right? I, don't, I didn't know there was actually what, six books. What is it? Six books? Are you kidding? This is crazy. I got to read book. No, I don't want to do that. I just want to go to the group, have fun, get approval, right? Whereas you, like a unicorn, right? Like one of the one to 3%, I'm the same way. We joined the group. I don't give a fuck about anyone's approval. I don't care about being friends with anyone there. If, if we are vibing and I, we've I ended values, up getting some of my best friends of all time in that group, but that, which, that was which a bonus. Is great. Yeah, which is great. Because ideally in the right group, the leader of the group is going to attract really good people. So when you join, you're gonna get connected. That should be a huge part of it, which you did in our group, which is amazing, right? Tyler was attracted to the group. You were like, that's, that's perfect. 
but a large majority of these people join the groups because they just want approval um, when they're younger. I've been a part of groups now where the, like the average age of the member is like 40 something, right? And it's a little different in those groups for, uh, actually I take that completely back, it's fucking approval still. <laughs> I was gonna say it's because they're, they're really overwhelmed with their business, but even then they don't wanna implement what they learn, they just want approval, they just wanna be told, you're okay, and it's okay. That's a very, very expensive price to pay just to have someone tell you like you're okay. Like we were on Long Beach campus yesterday filming videos on a college campus. There were signs on the ground that said you are enough. You deserve to, you don't need to pay a coaching program. Go to Long Beach College and there'll be signs that will tell you you're okay. Like you get the approval anywhere. That's why a lot of them join unfortunately and the problem is they, one, they need to be, re, like their whole wiring needs to be retrained, rewired, all that shit. But they join for approval and then they find out there's work and they go, this isn't why I joined. Oh, I know. Like there was, I won't name any names, but I remember somebody the second 6FF meeting, I can picture it vividly because I was like starting to become friendly with him because he lived kind of close to my area at the time. And I said, oh dude, so like, so you got everything done. Like how'd it go? And he goes, no, it's like, it's like almost done. It's like 80% done or something. I was like, what happened to the other 20%? He's like, well, dude, I work 45 hours a week. And I'm thinking about Miko's like my little brother and my roommate and one of my best friends on the planet. I was like, I'm thinking in my head as I'm having this conversation, oh, you work 45 hours a week, huh? Well, Miko works 65 hours a week uh, and he's in college full time and he has an internship and he got his shit done ahead of time, let alone uh, late like yours and his shit's better than yours. He created something from scratch, whereas you are literally copying something from uh, I don't know if you'd call it an influencer, but from a big time person who has these products in front of hundreds of thousands of people, you're not even creating your own thing. Like, I don't care if you work 45 hours a week. That's not an excuse. Mm -hmm. And to me, to me it's frustrating. And this was something very similar. I experienced the same thing when I was in school. I transferred into a private school my sophomore year of high school. Um, you know, I worked hard in college and I would get so angry because I was like, this is an incredible opportunity that we have been given. And there are so many of these people squandering these opportunities. Like, look, I'm not gonna judge anybody. You wanna do what you wanna do, that's cool. But to me, you know, you're paying, or in some situations your parents are paying for this amazing opportunity, and you're just gonna just like throw it out the window. Like to me, it's infuriating because in my mind, it's not that anyone is worse or better than anyone else. But in my mind, I'm thinking, you're taking spots from someone who's gonna do the work and actually make something of themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, you are, you're, you're, you're hurting multiple people. You're hurting yourself because you're not reaching your potential. You're not doing what you need to do. But also, you're hurting people who you don't even know who could have been in your spot and doing what they need to do to get the results that they want. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just, it just, it just like, it gets me at my core because I'm like, you have these amazing opportunities. Why, are, why don't you take advantage I of it? I think another big issue with it is, is, I like to call it the tyranny of comfort. And think about people in the group, you think about everyone else, everyone's fairly comfortable. We have a roof over our head, there's food in the kitchen, Netflix is a button click away, friends are a text message away, everything's fairly comfortable. And whether you're in a mansion or you are in a tiny apartment, you're not gonna die, everything's okay. And when everything's okay, more people are driven by to move away from pain than they are towards pleasure. And if everything's okay, there's just not enough pain in your life to get you to actually take action, to get shit done, and so on and so forth. And it-, it that, that actually makes a lot of sense because for Tyler and I, like we were, 
more or less like we were like well actually I was making some money from uh, you know story development consulting and training um, he wasn't making any at the time but outside of that I was living primarily off of my savings mm -hmm. he was living entirely off of his savings mm -hmm. so for us like our ass was to the fire and we're like we got to make this shit work yep. so like when those ads are were running and running and running and like oh you make some sales great but like you're not even close to profitable and he was the most profitable he was profitable by two fucking dollars mm -hmm. and i was like if the nasa guy is profitable by two dollars like we gotta <laughs> do something else and i'm like yeah. i'm not even at break even like we gotta we gotta find a way to make this work and it was actually blessing in disguise for for both of us but i think that was another reason was like we went into that whole program that whole experience we weren't looking for friends mm -hmm. we ended up becoming best friends like i can count you know four or five of my best friends on the planet are from that group but we didn't go in like with the goal of we want to make friends, we want to hang out. We're like, we got a job to do. We have shit to get done. We have missions to achieve. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's other people who, like you said, they just, it makes a lot of sense now. They just want to hang out. They want approval. They want to have some fun. But like, they're not serious. Like they're not, their ass, their ass isn't up against the wall. They're not, yeah. they're not on the yeah, fire. Dude, yeah, dude, there's like, there's lions and there's sheep. And the sheep can be lions. Most of them have just been trained to be to be sheep their whole life. Like they're lion, they're born lions, and they're trained to be sheep. And then they grow older, and they forgot that they were ever lion, and they forever remain a sheep because they never wake up. But you come into the group as a lion, and you're like, I'm fucking hungry. Where's my dinner? That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm looking for. And that's why you take action, and that's why you guys succeeded. And that's that's really all there is to it, man. Yeah. So it, it's it's funny you mention that because people actually ask me pretty often, like, Oh, Sam, what's the secret to your success? Like, how did you? Uh, like, how did you get to where you are so quickly? I'm like, well, one, there's not really a secret. There's two things I'm gonna tell you, and I tell everybody, it's not what you're gonna wanna hear, it's not sexy. One, I work hard. Two, I invest in myself, like, like a lot. Like, both of us, Tyler and I, we have invested uncomfortable amounts of money in ourselves and our business, and it, it pays off tremendously. Mm -hmm. Like, you and I were talking about this uh, in Austin. I invested in a coaching call for $2,500, uh, like a, a one hour coaching call for 2,500 bucks last year that resulted in, I think it was like $50,000 in revenue mm -hmm. in the next, in like the next 10 months. Like you're not going to get a 20,000% return on the stock market. Or if you are, it's not going to be consistent, mm -hmm. right? You might, you're going to hit some winners. You're going to hit some losers, but when you invest in yourself, it's the best investment you could possibly make. Mm -hmm. I know my parents, uh, they did not understand this when I first explained it to them, but now they're like, Oh, we, we get it now. I was like, yeah, I had skill sets and I want to level up those skill sets and I want to have better opportunities. You just need access to those opportunities. Mm -hmm. the, the big thing, I was with Alex Ramosi a couple of weeks ago. Uh, do you know Alex? I know of him. I don't know him personally. Right, he's, he's awesome. And his whole thing, it's just like whenever I don't know anything, I just talk to experts. That's always the solution. Just talk to experts. And usually they uh, will do it for free. So you pay them. Sometimes one, like they're so good, they won't even do it for money. And then at that point you ask them, well, where did you learn what you know? And then I'll go read those books too. And that's really, it's really that simple. It really is. It really is that simple. Like to me, like where I was in February, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in a pretty good spot now. And like with the companies I was working with, I was considered like this, this expert or whatever. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. But like, I then had one of uh, someone I was working with say, oh man, you're like, you're working with this person and this person, like you're at the top right now. And I'm thinking, 
I don't feel like I'm at the top. Like I'm doing a lot better than I was a year ago, but also a year ago I was I was not in the best position. Like by any means. Like mm-hmm. this is the top. Like something's wrong. And then I was like, okay, let's let's find ways to to level up. And you know, I ended up uh, finding my way or getting my way into that the pre TNC mastermind with Justin and Stefan. And I was like, these everyone here is at like a different level. Like this is where I want to be. This is where I need to be. And my investment in them, it's, it's liter- it literally pays for itself now. Mm-hmm. And it, it and my my whole life, my business is completely transformed. Because I decided to take that leap, and it was not comfortable for me. Like even where I was in March, I was like, "All right, well, uh, I have like six or seven months worth of savings. Uh, I'm going to run through all of that with this program, and hopefully it works out. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it works." And then, I don't know, four months in, it just started paying for itself. It just—it's just absolutely incredible, um, and it's just it just speaks to the power of investing in yourself. Like it's the best investment you could possibly make. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you could invest in, this is, a, uh, this is extreme, but I don't want to say like, if you invested in Amazon like 10, 12 years ago. Which or, is the Agora pitch now. Right. Yeah, it's bullshit. That's a terrible example to give. But, it's, but yeah, if, if I had invested in Microsoft in 1994, that would have been great. And if I had invested in right. Henry Ford in 1899, that would have been great. And if I had invested in dinosaur bones 40 million <laughs> years ago, that would have been great. Right? We can't, we can't play those games. No. It's about right now. Like the person listening right now, think about them. Right? Think about them and where they're at right now. They, couldn't, they didn't invest in Amazon. They didn't invest in Microsoft. They didn't invest in fucking dinosaur bones. But they are here right now and they got a problem and they want to get away from it and they want to build something better for themselves, something they know that they are capable of. And it's deciding for them what is the next action they need to take. Is it grab money from tree that's a low-hanging fruit? Is it go invest my savings into the right coach or the right program? Or is it like, listen, there's a lot of people who don't respond well to one-to-many coaching. Right? Like for instance, me, I don't respond well to one-to-many coaching. When you put me in an audience, I tune out. I don't know if it's my giant fucking ego, but I just, I tune out. I know that about me. So I never joined Bader's masterminds when I was younger. I paid him for one-on-one coaching. I never joined uh, Taki Moore's black belt group that was, you know, four or 500 people in there. I just joined boardroom where it was like one-on-one time with Taki, right? So it's, it's, Finding what's what's going to be best for you, and that comes down to self-awareness and knowing. I hate using that word self-awareness because no one knows what the fuck it means. But it's about knowing what do you what, what works best for you, and it's different for everybody. Well, I, one, I agree with you. Two, I just had the thought. I I don't know if I ever thanked you for this, but when when I went to the first high status summit that I went, to, which was I guess it was two over two years ago, right, 2017. I went to the event. Now, I had started my, uh, my digital info business. I was like just starting out. I hadn't launched anything yet. I, was, I didn't even know that Craig was with Early to Rise. Like, I, thought, I didn't know he bought it. I thought he was still doing turbulence training. I was like, oh, Craig Ballantyne's going to be there. Like, Vince Delmonte's going to be there. Like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm going to learn all about guy. how to yeah. launch my fitness business, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that 6FF existed. Uh, I was going through Evan Pagan courses. I had just like a month before learned the idea of a mastermind and not like as a coaching program, but just, you know, meeting up with people who are ahead of you. Yeah. Right. And I was like, Hmm, okay. That sounds nice. And then, uh, I heard about six FF and I was like, 
holy shit, like this is, this is, what I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I was like, well, I don't really have this. I don't know how I'm gonna pay for this, but like, I, I, I'm just, I have to find a way. And I remember, I'll never forget, I told my mom about it. And she was like my best friend and she was so pumped. She's like, this is amazing. Dad's gonna be so happy. And I told him and he's like, what? He's like, what the hell's wrong with you? He's like, how are you gonna afford this? And I was like, well, it's not your problem. Like, I'm not asking your permission. I'm telling you, I'm doing sure. this. You're not getting any letters after your name. Like, why would you, why'd you, you do that? And now, like I told you, they said a few weeks ago, oh, thank God you didn't go to law school. Right. Like doing so much better. But that, now that I think about it, is what actually got me on the path to even have coaching or get coaching mm -hmm. like I'm the type of guy where, like you tell me what to do I'm gonna fucking do it but I never I never outside of like courses I never actually even entertained that option I didn't even know I didn't even know it really existed but from 6FF on like it's it's just been like this slow and steady climb all because I was exposed to that. So thank you, dude. Like I didn't, I never, I never even, I never even thought about that. And I tell, I tell all the clients this is like, I just pointed some things out. You're the one who twists the knobs, pulled the light, like you did the work. Yeah. You know, and, and that's something that no one can ever take away from you. Right. Right. You did that, not me. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. I know, I, I know I need to, I, uh, I need to give myself credit for that, but you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that, that that kind of stuff was even out there. But from this point on, like, I'm never going back. Mm -hmm. Like, you talk about, like, the grass is greener. Like, the grass is going to be greener when you get someone who actually has done what you want to do. And they're giving you, like, like I said, they're giving you the keys to the kingdom. They're giving you the keys to the castle. Mm -hmm. You just have to follow their, uh, their instructions. Well, the thing is, in, like, the corporate world, this is built in to the thing, ideally. You start with a company, you're a junior man, and the guy who's been there 20 years is your boss, and he mentors you. Keys to the kingdom, as you say. But as you're an entrepreneur starting on your own, there's no built-in hierarchy or structure for you to learn from, and you need to create it for yourself, which is what you've done. And is what I've done since I was 20. It's what most of my, you know, like most successful friends, it's what they all do. Yeah. So there's, there's something I've been thinking about a lot in the last year. Um, I'll give you some context, and then I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this, this question that I've been I've been working on, on an answer. I think I have my answer, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. So when I joined 6FF, I was, I don't want to say hellbent on like changing the world, but I was like, I went through all my stuff and I taught myself how to walk again. I was like, I was put on this planet for whatever reason to help people, right? I also realized that life is very short and I'm going to create the best life for myself and the people I care about that I possibly can. Now, I remember uh, I think it was in Hermosa Beach. You said, I don't know who, but somebody in this room is gonna be worth $500 million one day. And we had the whole front row crew and Tyler and I were sitting on the opposite sides of the room and at the exact same time, we turned to each other and just nodded and smiled. And I remember like, like I was like, oh, we'll split it. And then we, we made this, I made this joke. I was like, oh, well dude, you can make like 490 million, like I'll take 10, like that's okay. But. I really wanted to have this massive, massive empire. And then, what was it, February, March of last year, and this was as I was transitioning into my marketing business, I was on the verge of, I don't know if you'd call it, I think you'd call it, it was like a physical and like emotional breakdown. Like I was, you know, building up the marketing business and the info business and training people in person. And it's like, my health was awful. And for someone who's, 
a health nerd and takes their health seriously, like that was a huge deal and I was getting pulled in all these different directions. And then I started focusing just on my marketing business. I was like, okay, this is a lot better. One thing I realized, and this is how I feel, at least right now, I've felt like this for a while, is I'd much rather make really good money, like really, really good money, and have much more time for myself, the people I love, do what I want to do, control more of my life, than make an absurd amount of money and be super stressed and like, you know, working, you know, 15, 16 hours a day. For some people, that's perfect. That's what they're meant to do. And I think that's awesome. I used to be that person. I'm still a type A personality. I'm still what I, I still have incredibly high standards for myself. I still push myself and I still work hard, but I don't want to work as hard as I used to. And I don't, it's just not, it's not for me. And it, it I, it's not for my health. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on readjusting your financial goals to have a better quality of life as far as like the amount of time that you actually physically spend mm -hmm. working. Well, I think it's really important. You, the last thing you said there was to readjusting your financial goals. I'm a big believer that we don't negotiate on the outcomes that we want for ourselves. We don't change those. We don't compromise those. Whatever we want, that's what we want. Don't let anyone tell you fucking different. But the means or the method or the strategy, the vehicle you will use to drive yourself to that outcome, fuck with that all you want. Change that all you want. You thought it was gonna be fitness or movies or then info and now marketing and copy. Like you thought it was gonna be all these different things. That vehicle is gonna drive you there, right? And now you kind of found your lane. Now it's, well, what kind of business? What, what's the model, right? And so, like, if someone is still like working really, really hard when they're older, they fucked up. Mm -hmm. So many, many times online, they had many opportunities not to fuck up, they kept fucking up. I look at guys in the personal development or sales industry who are older now. The Brian Tracy's, Tom Hopkins, uh, Zig Ziglar when he was older, even Dan Kennedy, who I love. I look at all of them and I go, fuck, they fucked up. What the fuck, where did they fuck up? Because they're still at an advanced age still fucking getting on the plane, going to the audience, speaking their story, pitching to the back of the room, they're still doing it because they still need the cash flow. They still need the money. They haven't figured out how to build a real business or an investment portfolio or assets that actually create money for them. They fucked up. So they're still working hard at 62 and 72 and 76 and 59. Like you shouldn't be doing that, right? So you have to be smart about that. I don't, to me, there's no nobility in hard work. I don't believe in the Puritan mindset that like hard work is the virtue. It's not. I will outwork anyone if I have to. You put Kobe Bryant and travel next to me, I will lose to Kobe Bryant. Put anyone else there, I'll probably win. All right? And that's okay. But I don't want to work hard. Like I love that clip of Will Smith where he's like, I'll die on the treadmill. Right? Like I, I get that. I've done that many times in my life. I will do it again if I have to. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it at all. I like chilling with my dogs. I like hanging out with Natalie and doing nothing. Like I enjoy that, I enjoy doing nothing, right? And so I think the, the smart way to go is to find the way to make and meet the financial goals you have for yourself and your family, but decide what kind of lifestyle you want beforehand and then pick the model or design and innovate a new model that meets that criteria for the lifestyle that you want. So for instance, I'll give you an example. One of the things in my life right now that I don't wanna negotiate on is, uh, here's a perfect example. Yesterday, we spent a lot of time filming uh, videos, right? I told you we went to Long Beach. 
there was a yoga class that I was going to take at 7 p.m. I do yoga every day. Uh, I fucking love yoga. I think everyone should do it. I'm going to throw the world's biggest yoga event in a couple years. Like, I already, right? And the video was taking longer than I thought it would take to record. Do you think I'm going to keep recording the video and miss the yoga class? No. No, I wasn't. It's, it's non-negotiable. It is a non-negotiable for me. I was going to that yoga class. If we have to record the video another day, then we can record the video the next day. That's fine with me, right? And most entrepreneurs don't get that. I used to be the other way. I would constantly, stuff I want to do gets thrown away for stuff that the business has to do, right? And uh, it works at first, and then at some point, it starts eating your soul. It burns it like like a marshmallow being lit on fire, burnt to a crisp, and there's nothing left inside. Like, that, that's the truth. And so, that, that's a non-negotiable for me, right? Like, Sundays, I don't do anything. Every Sunday, I don't do anything. People text me, they need me, I don't respond. Another one, uh, text messages. I don't text. My text message, I just think of SMS, it's just another form of email. So you text me, great, I check my email a few times a week, I check my text a few times a week. That's it, right? These are non-negotiables in my life. And so I think like this is a Kennedy thing, which is funny, but you build the lifestyle first, know what the outcome is, know what the lifestyle while you're getting to that outcome is, and then you, you design a model that fits that. Like Warren Buffett, he doesn't work that hard. He says he doesn't work at all. He feels like he tap dances all day. All he does is sit in a chair. He reads eight hours a day. That's his work and he loves it, right? So there's ways to make exorbitant amounts of money without having to quote unquote work hard or grind oh, yeah. or hustle all day. So that, yeah, so that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. I've, especially since I moved down here to Orange County, uh, which I absolutely love, I feel like I've really gotten a lot closer with the, the type of lifestyle that I want as far as like schedule and to be able to kind of do things when I want to do them, when I want to do them. The biggest thing one of the biggest lessons that I learned is I actually read a really interesting article yesterday from the New York Times about how um, so many more jobs uh, are allowing for more flexible work schedules or, you know, you can work remotely, whatever. And they say it's, it's, it's not that millennials and Gen Zers are lazy. It's that they're actually smarter and they want to work smarter. Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, it's all about... How long does it take to get the work done? It doesn't matter if it takes 10 hours or if it takes 10 minutes. You get it done, you get it done at a high level, that's what it is. Like I, I remember working uh, one winter, I was working in my, my, for my brother's company in Minnesota uh, when I was, uh, it was my junior year of college. And I remember you know, I'd be in the office for like nine, 10 hours. And that was when I discovered and watched the first three seasons of the FX show, The League, because I'd be in there for nine, 10 hours, but there'd only be like two, three hours worth of work. Like, I, and you know, other, other jobs where, you know, you gotta be there for eight hours, but it's like, well, I got all my work done in two hours. Like, what am I doing just, just sitting here? Uh, which is what I'm, I'm actively working on right now. Like I have, which kind of actually leads to my next question. So I technically have three different ventures. They're all related because they're all focused on copy and direct response marketing. So I have my client work for copy and consulting. I have this copy coaching program, and now I'm also, as a copywriter, a partner in a, an online health and fitness platform. So what advice would you give to someone who's balancing multiple ventures so that they can grow without burning out? 
I you think want, I, you, I, I, have, I have an idea, but I'm Do you want my real answer? Yeah. Don't do it. That's my real answer. Like, I don't, can I be perfectly honest with you? Yeah. I don't think you'd have, you should have three businesses right now. Okay. I don't, I don't think you're at the right place for it. I think you should be focusing on one and I think you should be scaling it up much, much higher than you are right now before building a second or a third. That's what I, I, I truly believe. And that, that answers the burnout question. Yeah, it does. Uh, what I, like, I said this to Natalie yesterday and she was like, I don't understand that metaphor at all, right? It's like blowing your load in the first inning. See, you know what it means. Finally, right? She had no idea what it means. I was like, my bad. Let me change the metaphor for you. <laughs> but it's like blowing your load in the first inning, dude. Like you are, you are a rising star in copy, right? Why start coaching others? Why not just keep making more money in copy? Everyone I know who makes the most money online, they don't coach. They would never fucking coach. Why would they do that? Their shit is too good. I have stopped coaching. I don't do it anymore. I teach high income skills. I teach copy, closing, and speaking because I think they're the only three skills that matter for anyone who wants to scale up their business online and get to at least 100 grand a month. No matter what industry you're in, online or offline. That's what we focus on. That's what I teach. But I'm not coaching people on the highest level, most advanced, like there's tactics and principles and then there's like strategy that sits above it. I'm not teaching strategy to anyone because that's where the games are won. That's where the big games are won. So I'm not gonna divulge those secrets anymore. I'm done with that. Like there's, there's just no financial incentive for me to do so unless someone wants to give me like $500,000 or a million dollar check and a piece of their company and then maybe we could talk. But otherwise, there's no reason, there's no incentive for me to do so. I regret having taught this stuff earlier. There was no point. I did it because I saw Bedros and Craig do it. I didn't need to be doing it. There are guys I know in Puerto Rico, next door neighbors of mine, who are literally cashing checks every month that are equal to what LeBron makes in 12 months. And they only work online. Do you think they would ever tell anyone how they're making that much money? Nope. No, they're like 46, 48, 50, they've been doing it 20, they were, they were buying Google ads the first day Google ads opened up like in 1999. They've been doing this a long time. They would never tell anyone how they do it or what they do it, because there's no point. Why would they do that for, for a thousand bucks a month, five grand a month, like what's the point? Why not just focus on your business and scale that motherfucker up? Everyone wants to be a fucking coach right now. Everyone's got a coaching program and Facebook ads and a webinar to application funnel. Everyone's doing that. Why go there? It's so crowded. He has a bad stench about it. Everyone's pissed off at these 23 year olds with their rented Lamborghinis and their ads promising to coach you how to do e-commerce, Shopify, all this shit. Facebook ads, you've been doing it, doing Facebook ads for two years and now you're a world-class expert. Like every, I'm serious, everyone is trying to do this now because it's easier. It's it's easier to get to the money, but it's a, it's, it's a shorter, it's a smaller pot of money. If you just go a little bit longer, take a little bit of the harder route, which I know you've no problem doing. There's so there's a much bigger pot, like tiny rainbow, big rainbow, your choice. Yeah. I, I don't, I, that's why I'm out. Like I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not sharing that shit anymore. There's just, there's no point to share like the, the really high level stuff with someone for a thousand a month or 10,000 a month or even 20,000. There's just no point. Interesting. It definitely gives me something to think about. Good, good. I, dude, I think with you, you, uh, like you will outwork anyone, right? Even when I said when I said before I'll outwork anyone, I could see it in your face. You're like, not me. I <laughs> I could see it, right? You will outwork anyone, right? And because and like to me, the work ethic is a talent, right? Like when I was when I was in high school and I was playing basketball, I remember I was like 
when I started, I was like the last kid on the bench. And I'd say after practice every day and shoot my 500 jump shots. And the best player on the team would look at me and he'd be like, why are you practicing so hard? I'm the best player on the team. I never have to practice, right? And the thing was, one, dude, you've been playing longer than me. But two, like, you couldn't do what I'm doing. Have you ever seen, like, do you know how many shots 500 every day? It's a lot. And those are makes, not misses, not total. Those are makes, 500 makes a day. And so most people can't do that. When I meditate for 45 minutes and I try and produce someone with me, they're out after 10 minutes. They can't do it. Work ethic is the, it's a talent. You already have it. So because you already have what I think is maybe the hardest thing to acquire, why, why start sharing your shit? Why not use this talent you have that almost no one else has and build something massive? Like Bill Gates never had a coaching program. Elon Musk never had a coaching program. Steve Jobs never had a coaching program. Why would they? There's no point. It, I get it's an easy, it's a, it's, a, it's a good way to make money like quickly and, and talk to people and you, you get your mother Teresa Phil because you feel good and you're helping people and transforming them and you, they tell you how happy they are. You can get that in a variety, you can meet that need in a variety of other ways. We're having, we're having a strategy discussion yeah. right now. I, I, I am dead fucking serious. I think coaching programs are stupid. Um, and I know it's funny I'm saying that because I was, fuck, a year ago I was still doing them. And whenever any of my buddies tell me they want to do a coaching program, I always go, why? I literally do my best to talk them out of it. It's like talking people off a cliff. I'm like, don't do it. Uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just love it. Like, I just get, I just get so. You, you just started. Yeah, but I, but I've I, been, but I've been, I've been coaching people in some way, shape, yes. or form for three or four years. Yeah, dude, I love. No, you've I been coaching it. people longer than that because you were a personal trainer before that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I had my, yeah. So I, I had my info business, and I was even coach. I was coaching people in story when I was in Hollywood. Like. Yeah. I really, I really so you enjoy, enjoy it. it. Dude, yeah. I have been coaching people since I was 15. I had my first basketball training clients when I was 15 years old. When I was 17, I was training NBA players. Lindsey Hunter would come to the gym and I would train him. He played for the Pistons. Like, I worked at college players, European players. Like, I've been coaching people since I was 15 years old. I'm 30 now. This is my 16th year of like, coaching. I love it. I have a gift for it. I get that. But I'm not fucking, I'm not selling that anymore. Right? And, and the way I want to coach now is, not my clients, I wanna coach my partners. Meaning, you have a business or an idea or something that's growing, let's talk about how we can get me invested in there. Give me, an, I'll take an equity slug, I'll bring Sharon in, because he is a great mind for this kind of stuff. And now we are your partners, and now we're sitting in the room with you together, and we're coaching you on shit that really matters. When someone's giving you a check for you to coach them, you're, like, you're kind of invested, but when it's your business, that you're coaching them on, you're super you invested. care so much more. You know that the old the copywriting line about like the chicken and the pig and breakfast? You know what I'm talking about? Like it, when it comes to like a bacon and eggs breakfast, I'm, I may fuck this line up, but when it comes to a bacon and eggs breakfast, the chicken was interested, the pig was invested. I gotcha. It's a terrible metaphor because it takes everyone eight seconds to figure <laughs> it out. But the, the chicken just gave an egg, the pig gave itself. Yeah. Right. And when you have a piece of someone's company, when like it's not even, it, when you're fucking partners, like, and I, I'm not I'm not saying this from theory. Like, I have now been doing this for a few months with Sharon. We we have two people that we've done this with, and we are like, I'm I go to sleep. I'm thinking about their fucking business. I wake up with ideas. I'm texting. Like, I am. I've never been that invested. It's a different mentality. I think it's a much better way to go. Okay, so kind of like we talked about. We were talking about lifestyle a little bit earlier. Um, I'm curious. Well, actually, it's, I guess it's a two-parter. So, like today, like right now, what does your ideal day look like? 
and like let's say we were let's go we go on like in a time machine right it's like yeah. five years from now like what is what's your life gonna look like what is what are your days gonna look like and like why are they why are they like that that's a good question so like right now today yep. if you could have your ideal day what is it what does that look like dude i'm kind of having it well, like, like I'm, I'm, break, I'm, it, break it down for me. Like, what, gotcha. are, the, what are the different pieces? What are the different things that are yeah. involved in it? Yeah, because the, the truth is, I, like, I'm genuinely, I feel I'm at a point where I'm just really fucking happy with everything that's going on. But, like, truly, truly happy. It's been that way for a while now. It's great, right? I just, I, like, I'm playing the infinite game now. I just want to, the whole point of the game is to keep playing. That's all I want to keep doing. And so, things that are involved in my perfect day, uh, you know, I wake up, I meditate, right? Um, I do some very creative work the first few hours of the day, deep work where I'm focused, I'm unplugged, and it's, it's creative. It's usually related to copy and marketing because I just really love copy and marketing, right? Um, I spend the, and then I work out some way, then I spend the afternoon having really stimulating conversations with people, whether it's stuff like this, the content that's gonna help people, um, or it's with my team or equity partners or different companies and things like that, and I'm helping, we're talking strategy, that kind of stuff. I really enjoy that. Um, I read in the afternoon, uh, and then uh, I spend time with my dogs and Natalie, and then me and Natalie do yoga, and we eat dinner together, usually outside, um, and then we hang out and we go to bed, and like that's, that's a really, really good day for me, and that's typically what I do most days. That's awesome, dude, so, do you, is your, so your goal then is to just keep doing this for as long as you possibly can? Yeah, have you ever, have you ever heard the theory of inf infinite game versus finite game? No. Okay. So. Uh, a finite game, you already know. Finite game has known players. There's an outcome that, like, you know how someone wins. Like in baseball, we know who the players are and how you win is after nine innings, you have more runs on the board than they do, right? There's like a, there's a set way to win the game. In an infinite game, the amount of players are unknown. Uh, the criteria for success or the outcome is unknown. And the whole point of the infinite game is to just keep playing as you frustrate the competition. And business, people treat it like a finite game. They say things like, we're gonna be number one you know, in, in the industry. Well, over what time frame? One year, three years, five years, 10 years, 500 years, 1,000 years, who cares? Right, number one this year, that's nothing, right? Because the next year is gonna happen no matter what. So they talk about business like it's a finite game, when in reality, this is an infinite game. We're just gonna keep playing. The goal of game is to just keep, that's how you win, you just keep playing as you frustrate the competition. So. I want to keep doing everything I'm doing as I continue to grow all my ventures and my businesses and, and scale our impact and that kind of thing. But in terms of lifestyle, I just want to keep doing the things. The only difference, only thing that'll be different is I got a private jet on speed dial. I don't want to own the jet. I don't want to have to take care of the jet when I'm not on it, worry about fuel costs and all the fucking overhead that comes with the jet. But if I, me and you are here, and I'm like, yo, dude, there's a spot in Florence where the gelato is off the chain. It's the best life I've ever had. Let's go. I want to be able to text a guy and he's like, all right, we'll meet you at the hangar in 15 minutes. That's, that's the only thing I want. And I don't, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I don't got jet money. I don't have jet money yet. That's, that's something that I look forward to very soon. Interesting. That's, I mean, that's actually a really cool way of, of looking at it. Like, like where, where I was, I'm going to say like late, last year like i really liked it i wasn't doing as well as i am now um i'm not i don't feel i mean i guess i, I was fulfilled 
but I, I feel like I'm making a bigger difference now. Like I'm working with companies that reach way more people. You're, dude, you're playing a more fun game now because you're oh, playing yeah. with better players. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, but but like I really I really enjoyed like the day to day and like my my quality of life. My stress levels have gone down since then. I I, I would say. I mean, I'm still, uh, you know, a, a neurotic Jew, but you know, uh, only from only from I'm only only 100. Uh, percent Fun fun fact. Uh, uh, so I did 23 and Me on Black Friday last year. I had a Black Friday sale. My um, genetic my pie chart was a fucking circle. It was 100 percent Ashkenazi Jew. <laughs> swear to God, you can't make that up. Oh, um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, you know, I'm 100 percent neurotic Jew on both sides, which is what I say. But you know, I, I my stress levels have, have gone down. Like I like what I'm doing. I like who I'm working with. Like if I could do, my goal is to ultimately be doing like what I'm doing now, but making more and having more recurring revenue built in. Yeah. Like that's the only real more, more recurring difference. revenue. Yeah. So Dean Dean Jackson has a great equation to think about this. He said his first goal was always that passive income is greater than lifestyle expenses or life expenses. Passive income is greater than life expenses. Okay. So however much your life costs for you to live the life that you want, that is already paid for by work you never have to do. And everything you do on top of that is just gravy. Yep. That's a really good place to be. Yeah, no, that's, that's an exceptional place to be. That's where I, that's where I ultimately, uh, that's where I'm ultimately working to be. Like, yeah. I, I have, so I have a friend who I, I, I work with who he's really high level dude, but he has like three or four different businesses that are like more or less related, but he, he works several hours a day. Like he doesn't work like crazy. And he was telling me, he's like, if you can have three or four revenue streams, but you only have to live off of, but you can live off of one. Mm -hmm. Like that's a place that you would want to be. It's a really good place to be. So that's, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm ultimately working towards. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do the coaching program was because I know it's something I'm good at. I know it's something that I really enjoy. I know something I can help people with. And I'm like, it's an alternate revenue stream. But now I'm starting to potentially it's, rethink things. Your, your car ride home should be a very interesting. Oh, it, it's, I, I've, I'm already, I'm yeah. already thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I had this like, when I had this like snap moment, uh, March of last year, and I was talking to you about it, and I was like, dude, like, I've got this going on and this and the other thing, and all these things are happening. And you're like, well, just focus on marketing, just focus on copy. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know, but I can do, but I have this and this, and I'll never forget the analogy uh, that you you used. It was a it was, or metaphor, whatever it was. It was a winter coat. And you said, in the summertime, do you think I wear the winter coat? I said, no, of course not. You're like, right, I put it in the closet. Well, when I come back the next winter and I open up the closet, is the winter coat still there? Yeah. It's like, your business is still going to be there if you want it. But you should be focusing on this and this for this reason and that reason. And it was like my entire world just like opened up and this huge, <laughs> massive eight thousand ton weight was just taken off of my back i was like i can just focus on this now oh this is so much better this is great i remember that conversation i i remember that i remember that weekend very very vividly because at, like all of a sudden i was just so i went from being like stressed and anxious and freaking out to like oh i'm so excited like i can just focus on this one thing um, and we're now we're now in a place where you know working towards leveling up, and I just want to keep keep leveling up and investing back into myself and the business, and 
you know, there's some exciting things happening, but it's, I think it, it's because of that decision to just focus mm-hmm. and not be, I don't want to say pulled in a bunch of different directions, but not forcing myself into different directions. Yes. When you stay in one lane, it's a lot, if this is the, the path, this is point A, this is point B, it's a lot easier to get to point B than if you're in the middle of a, you know, a topsy-turvy maze and things are going all over the place. It's, yeah, definitely, definitely give me something to think about. Good. Good, man. For sure. Well, dude, this has been really fun. Oh, yeah. It has been fun. Yeah. We're, uh, yeah, we're going, we're going, we're, we're going places and it's, it's really cool to see, you know, how, how you've evolved and are evolving and, um, there's definitely a lot that I'm, I'm taking from this and, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes and then we'll, uh, We'll be back for, for round two, and uh, we'll have some, some fun stories to tell. Dude, that would be great, man. It's been great to watch you grow and you succeed. And it's cool when I, like, we were at that event in Austin, and there's 180 people there. And, like, me and Tiffany were, like, counting the amount of people in the room who we had some part in their copy training or something like that. And there was a lot. There was, like, 20 of them. Oh, wow. Right? But then to hear, like, certain, the biggest marketers in the room, yep, Sam works with us and things like that. It was it's gratifying, man. It's really, really cool to see you crush it. And I want oh, to see that, that, it. that means a lot, man. But yeah, like, again, like you, you, you definitely gave me my start and I'm, I'm always going to be grateful for it. And you know, let's, uh, let's just make some moves on this next chapter. Awesome. man. Why is saving money so hard? Why are bills so hard to pay? Why aren't you dominating your life on every level yet? It's because you don't have the high income skills yet. So at the link below, you'll see, I'm gonna personally mentor you for free in all of the high income skills. I want you to be my next millionaire student. I've created four millionaire students with this in the last three months. I want you to be next. So hit that link, get your free username and your free password. If you love it, after seven days, it's only 10 bucks a month. You pay more for Spotify and I promise you, Spotify is not gonna change your life and your business the way that this can. So get your free username and password right now and I'll see you on the inside.